Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It's Steph. It is the 28th of March 2000. And Nith. And I hope you're doing very well. Just a little note. Donations. End of the month. Standard. Steph bought wine. If you could uh, send in anything you've got lying around in the old change jar, I would hugely appreciate it. I had to upgrade the bandwidth on the server, the FDR server, because we are now, my friends, over two terabytes of podcast, largely podcast downloads per month, over two terabytes. I'm actually out walking with Isabella, for those who are curious as to the environment, so I may break into Shubitikins from time to time, but do not worry at all. I am speaking mostly to you. So, let's, uh, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some stuff which I'm <laughs> guilty, if that's the right word, of uh, as anyone. But I wanted to mention something that I've noticed a little bit on the board. Minor tweak. Uh, you know, take it for what it's worth uh, uh, as you see fit. But <coughs> the relationship with, let's call them affectionately the noobs, is uh, is interesting. And it is a great challenge because we have a kind of university with <laughs> everything from, in a sense high school to post-grad, right? I mean, we're all in one big classroom and everyone gets to ask questions and there's no particular way to differentiate other than uh, the Diamond Plus or PK Plus uh, private boards, which are just used for more advanced philosophical discussions that may not be that helpful for uh, for others. But there is this challenge of us all being in the same big <laughs> conceptual thought vat and how is it that we deal with this uh, with this challenge. Well, uh, I wanted to sort of share an experience that I had with the um, uh, with a, a psychological forum that, uh, not a forum, but a, a, a listserv that I'm on, where um, I posted a um, Rolling Stone article about uh, a young man with a terrible background who ended up a terrible childhood who you know very sadly ended up uh, becoming a shooter and shooting up some people at a mall and I posted this and I was trying to sort of figure out or understand or ask the question why would he uh, choose to take out his violence against random strangers rather than his own abusive uh, family now of course I'm not suggesting that that would be a good thing to do uh, I'm just wondering why that would be the case, that he would end up shooting up strangers rather than his uh, his own uh, mother in particular, who he really uh, hated. No violence is better, but I was just sort of curious, infinitely better, but I was just sort of curious as to what. And, uh, you know, basically I got back some pretty dismissive answer, which I thought was entirely unsatisfying, which was, well, you know, he, was, he did not feel safe to... Um, he did not feel safe to aggress against his own family and therefore he projected his anger onto others and attacked them and so on. And that was sort of at odds with the actual narrative. Uh, and the actual narrative, uh, if you read the article, I think I posted it on the board, the actual narrative was that he had actually physically attacked his mother in his early and mid-teens and therefore it didn't make a lot of sense to me to say, well, he just couldn't process the aggression towards his own family because he already had and how it had turned out would remains... Uh, still somewhat of a mystery for me. But the tone that I was replied to was, 
well, it's obvious, right? You know, well, clearly it was this, right? And and the tone was such that I was uh, inhibited from posting uh, further on this topic, or really other topics, because that was the only reply that I got, and it seemed to be very kind of dismissive, if that makes sense. And I think that it is a genuine question, and I just it's important to avoid... Uh, had answers. I mean, I think that I would have a decent amount to offer a psychological uh, group, but uh, that... And it wasn't so much that that one person sort of replied in this curt and dismissive and I thought not very intelligent manner. It was that that just seemed to be par for the course. Looking at the replies to the listserv as a whole, there was a lot of articles posted uh, and a lot of... Uh, but, but not a lot of um, back-and-forth intellectual exchange, if that makes any sense. So... Uh, I'm not saying that's at all the general case at uh, FDR. I mean, I'm consistently and constantly impressed with the quality of the post and the exchange. It is the place I go to get <laughs> stimulating and interesting discussions. And that having been said, I think it's important to have a kind of self-check before posting. I'm sort of trying to put this down for my own behavior as well, but have a kind of self-check before posting, which goes sort of something like this. Either, and, and you know, this is with all due respect to the people who've been around for a long time, uh, we understand that there are, you know, to, to put it very broadly, there are, there are two kinds of, of uh, posters, right? I mean, there are the people who have genuine questions and want to know about things, you know, genuine objections or genuine questions, you know, like, well, you know, DROs will become a monopoly, or, or uh, well, if you exclude uh, people for crimes, well, they have no incentive, disincentive to um, commit more crimes and so on. And I understand all of that, and this is just one of the particular areas, you know, that uh, that could occur. A foreign country will invade a DRO society and take it over, right? And these are all, you know, <laughs> obvious questions, to say the least, right? They're pretty obvious. And there is a kind of uh, weariness that one gets as a thinker when... And it's not just that the questions are obvious. Uh, it's that the person who's posting them doesn't seem to realize that they're obvious. And that's, that's a real challenge, you know, when you're a thinker. Because if someone says, well, here's an obvious... Uh, opposition to the DRO theory. Oh, they'll become monopolies. The foreign government will take it over. Whatever it is that's that's being quoted as the uh, as the challenge. The idea, of course, that that people who've been pursuing this um, idea or fleshing out this concept for many years have never thought of that or don't have an answer, right? I mean, would seem to me to be well. It's. <laughs> It's not very respectful to, to say to people who have become sort of experts in a particular field, well, here's the obvious objection to your theory, right? Because we could not really have... I mean, if we had gone for years without even thinking of or addressing that most obvious of questions, then either we're avoiding it on purpose because we're trying to sell a theory that doesn't work, or we haven't thought about it at all, in which case... Uh, <laughs> You know, no one's thought about this obvious question. Nobody's posed it before, and we're obviously not that bright a crew. So, either way, it almost doesn't 
bear bringing up, if that uh, if that makes any sense. So there's uh, and, and there's two kinds of posters. The kind of poster who has you know genuine questions and objections, even if they're phrased in that you know <laughs> slightly annoying manner. Uh, you know, we've all been new to a theory, right? And we've all thought that uh, we've tricked upon the great objection that nobody's thought of before, and so on. We have some low planes today, I do apologize. And, and yet, they are looking for genuine answers, right? Because this is the kind of person who's like, wow, this is a new theory, I have this objection, uh, but uh, if I get a reasonable response, I may not accept it, but I'll, I'll at least work with it. And those are the people you say, they say, oh, well, what about uh, self-defense in a stateless society? And you say, okay, well, you know, check out this article or that article or this bit on, um, this bit in Practical Anarchy and so on. And then they come back and they say, well, I read this, I read that, uh, I agree with this, I have a problem with that, and so on, right? Those are the people who are sort of genuinely in hot pursuit of knowledge. And that's good, right? I mean, that's where we all want to be. On the other hand, there is another group of people, and they are quite common, uh, actually, and I think well worth uh, taking a few minutes to talk about and, and conceptualize. And those are the people who are, you know, the yes but personality types, the, uh, <laughs> the roadblocks. <laughs> Right. Uh, if you've ever rented a car, you know that when you drive back into the car rental parking lot, they have those serrated spikes in the ground that are only facing one direction. So if you drive in, it's perfectly fine. But if you try, if you try to drive out, they uh, act like swords, as uh, spears leaned against cavalry to puncture the tires of any cars that are trying to be stolen from the lot. And these people act as the s in the same kind of way. So if you have doubt or insecurity, they are perfectly fluid with that and never oppose you. But if you have any kind of certainty, they react as if you're trying to drive a car out of a rental parking lot and try and puncture your tires with uh, flamethrowers and, uh, and tactical nuclear weapons. And those kinds of people are, you know, well, it won't work because of this. Well, here's this solution. Well, I don't agree with this solution. Well, here's the proof. Okay, I agree with the proof, but it won't work because of that. Okay, here's the solution to that. Well, I don't agree with that proof. Well, here's the proof. Well, I don't agree with it. It won't, it won't work because of the other, right? And basically, they're just setting themselves against any kind of uh, certainty, right? And of course, this has historical precedence in their childhood. And, you know, they probably um, had uh, a person in their lives who was certain and wrong and they got used to the only defense that a child has in that kind of situation is the, the, the continual attempt to deflate the certainty um, to, to, to oppose the certainty it's a passive-aggressive way of opposing basically somebody who is certain and a jerk at the same time and they have so, so these are the skills that they've developed whenever they come across certainty it provokes childhood anxiety they wish to undo that certainty they certainly don't want to substitute any other certainty and they certainly don't want to agree because you're like the the jerk parent in that in that scenario and it's, it's of course not healthy in my uh, strong opinion to get involved in those kinds of interactions or situations it's just it's not healthy because it's just a sign in the box of replay of uh, uh, particular uh, early kinds of trauma and hostilities and uh, and unhappiness, and so I think it's really not a good idea to get involved in those kinds of discussions. And generally, again, this is not 
any kind of hard and fast rule, but it's just been my sort of experience, <laughs> that when you when someone is defensive about childhood dysfunction to the degree where it's entirely abstracted and they don't seem to have any knowledge of the connection to childhood uh, history, um, it's not the venue to open up the discussion, right, uh, about history, right, because basically that's a kind of trap where it's like, oh, so I have a, <laughs> you know, it's for a state of society won't work because of X, and then you provide a proof or two and they just switch stories or go to some other uh, disagreement, and then you say something like, do you feel that it's, uh, are you emotionally invested in disproving this theory, all right, did you have any history with people who've been certain and not nice in your history and so on, and this is a trap, right, because Right, all that happens is uh, they then say, "Oh, so I disprove your theory, and all you do is start psychologizing me." Is that how things work around here? You know, <laughs> it's just another kind of trap, right? So generally, it's not a great idea, in my opinion, to to engage at that level, right? And you could say, um, "Why? Why do you think that this is such an important question for you? Why? Why do you think that you're intense about this particular topic?" And, uh, you know, an honest and emotionally aware person will say, you know what, I, I don't know. I do feel quite strongly about this, and I'm not sure exactly why. It is just a theoretical discussion, but I am getting quite invested in it, and I don't know why. Right, that's, I think, an honest and engaged response. Um, and then you can talk about it, right? And, of course, then what you can do is, uh, you know, once you deal with that kind of stuff, the purpose, of course, is to get back to the reason and evidence situation, right? So that you can uh, continue on with the discussion, but without that kind of um, interference or roadblock from history. And there, I just, I just sort of noticed that there has been a bit of a um, a trend towards uh, a slightly curt and dismissive responses, and I've, I've had one too, I've apologized for one that I posted on the board, um, but, um, but I think it's important to differentiate between these two, right? the, the, the genuine seeker of knowledge and the person who's the yes but personality, and the genuine seeker of knowledge, um, they will generally prefer to engage in a, an online debate rather than to go and look things up. Um, and, of course, this criticism has been floating around FDR, and not just FDR, but other places, of course, as well, where when people say, well, newbies or whoever uh, brings up an objection to something uh, to do with the statelessness or whatever it is that we're talking about, and they are referred to books or articles or podcasts by me or by other people. And the response is, well, uh, why is it that uh, I ask a question and all that happens is I get referred to some other text? Can't you people think for yourselves? Right? <laughs> and, um, of course, that is uh, an interesting um, issue, and I think a, a little on the hostile and, and entitled thing, right? And that, to me, is a good warning sign of somebody who's not really interested in pursuing knowledge, right? The idea that uh, someone's going to step someone through, say, you know, UPB or DRO theory or RTR or whatever, right? When there's a, you know, a free book <laughs> with a couple of hours of investment, you can uh, get it pretty well sorted out. 
or at least come back with some more pertinent questions. Um, if someone says, well, you know, why are you just referring me to text when you should be teaching me yourself? That, of course, is a, you know, a, a bit on the entitled and mildly narcissistic side, not to say the whole personality, but just that question, because, well, you know, I don't owe you uh, one-on-one tutoring. Right? I don't owe you one-on-one instruction. Um, and so this idea that people get irritable when you're not willing to step them through every piece of logic, which, you know, would literally take weeks, probably, with the questions back and forth, you, you would have to invest dozens of hours going back and forth, and, you know, <laughs> no one's paying you, <laughs> right, to do it. And, uh, frankly, no one's paying me to, uh, to do it either, right? I mean, it's not a one-on-one where people say, step me through this and I'll pay you 500 bucks or whatever, right? So... So I think that's uh, another important... I mean, feel free to refer to people to stuff. I think it's a good... And that's sort of part of the reason why I wrote the books, of course, is I think it's actually a pretty good uh, way of testing whether people are really interested in knowledge uh, or not. Hi. Which is, um, you know, if you say somebody's really critical of, I don't know, DRO theory or UPB, and you send them to the books, and then they, they don't come back, well clearly they're not that interested in the topic then, right? I mean, to take uh, a, a silly example, right? This is just hyperbole, but I think you'll understand the idea behind it. If uh, someone has a kind of cancer, and you say, hey, read this book, and it's got a really great cure for cancer, nothing's going to stop them from reading that book, right? <laughs> you, you could charge them, I don't know, $100,000 for that book, and if they you know, genuinely believed that it would cure their cancer, then they would... You couldn't stop, you couldn't pry it out of their hands, right? They'd steal, beg, borrow, whatever to get a hold of that book. And that's an example of somebody with a, you know, <laughs> a really deep and, a deep and genuine desire for, uh, for knowledge. Apricot Seeds, or something. <laughs> it's the name of the book. And that's an example of something. You, you can't hold someone back from that kind of uh, knowledge, right? Uh, in the same way, if somebody wants to cheat and uh, they can look over and easily read the answer to some particular problem on someone else's. You, you can't stop them, in a sense, from, from doing that, right? I mean, that, that's a thirst for knowledge, so to speak, or at least a thirst for a good mark that is uh, unquenchable, right, in a way. You, you can't stop people from studying stuff that they really want to know about. I mean, that's why there are, you know, voluntary computer clubs and all these other kinds of uh, good things that uh, people get together to exchange uh, information. This is why you have uh, all of these um, uh, Linux uh, forums, Linux forums, uh, where people exchange information and so on. So when there's a genuine thirst for knowledge, it's kind of unstoppable, right? People will say, oh, man, there's a free book? Fantastic. You know, I'd love to learn about this stuff, right? And then they may have disagreements, of course, right? <laughs> Not like the books are uh, <laughs> infallible. And that kind of person, I think, is really, really important. But if the person is, is, is kind of playing a game, right? The game called, I'm going to attempt to disrupt your certainty because of my own historical issues and I'm going to start picking away at stuff and I'm going to demand that you explain things to me and, and so on uh, because it's, you know, it's tough to argue with a book and my purpose is not the gathering of knowledge but the attack of certainty 
then, I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world to get engaged in debates with these kinds of people. Lord knows I've, I've engaged with debates in them quite a little bit. But for me, it's more instructional, right? For you, it may not be that particular, particularly important. And of course, it can be good to... Uh, to uh, to you know, pick up a sword with somebody who's got one of those little hooks and wants to disarm you, right? I mean, it's okay, right? You can test the limits of your theory and practice by engaging in this kind of debate, just not with the idea that it's about any kind of valid or valuable knowledge transfer. And if people do, if they find, you know, listening to a couple of hours of a free book or reading a couple of articles to be too onerous, then clearly their thirst for knowledge is not very great. And in fact, I would say that it's not really present at all. Right? They don't have no thirst for knowledge. If they say, well, I'm really interested in this uh, topic or this question, okay, here's some free books and free videos and free podcasts. Like, I don't want to li- listen to those. Well, then it's, I don't know, <laughs> it's just kind of, it's just kind of silly, right? I mean, it, it's not really about the pursuit of knowledge. And I think it's important to differentiate. Uh, and, and your feelings will tell you, I do believe, within an exchange or two, your feelings will tell you which is uh, is uh, the most important, or, or which is the most likely outcome. And if, you know, as I've said before, if you don't like the way an interaction is going, uh, you know, you can bow out. You don't have to post anything. You don't have to have an exit line. You can just, you know bow out of the interaction and I think having that freedom and that flexibility is really really important and I think that we do want to sort of embrace the newbies so to speak and to give them the benefit of the doubt for the first back and forth or two and uh, I think uh, to be wary of the people who are not exactly trolley but just not that particularly interested or enthusiastic about learning uh, or logic or evidence but I think to try and avoid the kind of snappy responses or snarky responses that can occur if you feel that somebody is being not positive or productive uh, I would suggest you know trust the community to see that or me to see that and uh, just don't uh, don't respond uh, in my in my opinion right if you can't if you don't have something nice to say in a way <laughs> on the board don't uh, don't say it and, and thank you so much again to those who gave me responses to my tech question about a sort of internet appliance. Uh, it was very, very helpful, the responses. I did look around. I ended up getting an iPod Touch, which is uh, doing just fine, although it does not allow me to post on the board, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, thank you so much for those responses. Thank you so much for looking forward to your donations. And uh, I will talk to you soon. All the best.